Yeah, you see this hard hat I'm wearing? It's big, man. This hard yeah. hat. It's huge. I, I have all type of bumper stickers on it from places that I've been. Smile, okay. you're in Peoria. I see a Smile, Peoria. you're in Branson. Frown, like, <laughs> you're in Cedar Rapids. This shit is like a car, bro. It's, it's like you got a lot of you know, Uh, yeah, this is Proto-Martyr, my favorite band. Uh, as Bernie Sanders uh, would say, thank you, Proto-Martyr, for their band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They, they played a rally? They played a rally in yeah. Detroit. <laughs> well, good morning. This is Rock Hard Caucus, a nice podcast for nice people. <laughs> <laughs> We've reformed. We've changed our, our ways. I'm Justin Comer, and uh, joining me today, we have Evan. Hey, good morning. Should I say your last names like I said my own last name? Uh, no. no. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, my last name is actually pretty like non-incriminating, so you can if you want. Evan Smith. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And Natalie Jones. <laughs> hey, sorry, I forgot I was supposed to say something. <laughs> That's right, you laughed. We laughing tend is to a have this problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is uh, the last episode we're going to release before <clears throat> something important happens that I'm n- not allowed to talk about yet. So th- yeah. this this may be some people's first episode because of the thing that's going to happen. <laughs> so I, I felt like I had to I had to be uh, I had to say we're a nice podcast. Yes. Yeah. We have to be on our best behavior for this one. Yeah. We got to reel them in. So, if this is your first time listening, this is a show where we discuss uh, local current events very politely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We never have anything controversial to say, especially Natalie. (laughs) Natalie. (laughs) I I have never done a threat of violence against any public official um, in public. Um, I didn't on Friday. And I <laughs> did it twice in the last episode. <laughs> no, that would be wrong. That would be wrong. We only talk about things uh, reasonably and calmly. <laughs> and my voice never rises above about this level. As we yeah. very softly discuss the news of the day. You have an NPR voice. <laughs> yeah, you, I was going to say, like, I mean, I don't think we ever get like mean and tone <laughs> just the things we say <laughs> so i i figured uh this is we got a couple of things to follow up on things that we discussed recently on the show we had uh uaw member chris larson on the program a few weeks ago and uh the uaw strike ended this week so i, I figured we could discuss that a little bit I th- i think all of us spent a little bit of time on the picket line as this was ongoing, is that right? Yes, I have. At I least. had an emergency with my daughter, so I couldn't go to the the Thursday one. But I have brought. I haven't gone to the picket line, but I've brought them a bunch of food and drinks a couple times. Okay, yeah, so I it's, knew. It's I knew something. you had. I knew you had contributed in some way. So what what kind of stuff did you experience when you were on the picket line, Evan? Uh, some some good old chaps uh, out there, you know, trying to get fucking better benefits and better pay, <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. I went with uh, the uh, Central Iowa DSA, uh, put together a strike rally, which was like timed with the weather getting worse. 
(laughs) So, yeah, I mean, obviously they raised a bunch of money uh, to buy propane for their heaters. It was a little different than I expected because I didn't realize how many, like, gates they have. And I didn't realize, like, how many people are typically on the strike line where there was probably, like, five guys there. I mean, we went, it was at, at night. Like, I was there for, like, a whole shift from, like, six to nine on Thursday night. And this was uh, the Ankeny location, right? Yes, the Ankeny, Ankeny plant. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's like five different gates, so like there's uh, full coverage, and like uh, it was interesting to hear like it's being on strike is like kind of like working a job, <laughs> yeah. Like because they have like actual shifts, shifts and then, like yeah. Dudes came like there's other union guys coming to check up on them, to make sure everyone was still at their assigned location, and not imbibing in any sort of <laughs> any sort of adult beverages <laughs> um, but yeah all of the guys there were super nice and super smart and were on top of it and knew what was going on there was one guy there who tried giving us a hard time about marks and started calling him a pervert and <laughs> uh, said he is yeah basically said he was a conservative but he was very grateful for the propane so that was good and that was like right when the shift changed, so like <laughs> we left before it got heated or anything. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. I got to meet some people that I follow on Twitter, and um, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, there was uh yeah Ross Scooters was there. Um, shout out Ross. I think shout out Ross. To this, or I think they listen to this. Yeah. Ross is a they them, correct? Yes. Uh, right. Yes, I believe cool, so. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> being mean again uh oh yeah. um <laughs> misgendering people on the the last episode a- to happen before the thing happens <laughs> now people that's are gonna hear me kind of mean we never i know that. people are gonna hear me being problematic now yeah yeah there's a good group that showed up though i think there was about 40 to 50 people um so yeah there was probably like 10 or yeah, between like five and ten of us there the entire time with like like I said five or six different um, union members, so it was good. Yeah, all positive honks too. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask if a lot of people drove by while you were there. Yep, there is uh, some some woman dropped off some brownies. Yeah, there was also the issue with the stoplight. So like we we're in front of a gate where there's like a a walk like a crosswalk. And yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, I, I know Jonah Furman posted something about it, and then Gavin Aronson also posted something about it. Um, but yeah, according Aronson. to the people, Gavin Aronson. Okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> being mean, being mean again. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there were multiple people there who said that like the first week of the strike, they would press the crosswalk button and they would get like a minute and a half to basically just go out there with their signs and just, (laughs) I mean, they're not like trying to obstruct traffic. It's like, not like there's, they're like preventing people from getting into the factory or anything like that. Cause that would be definitely illegal. And there was absolutely security there the entire time with their lights on and sitting in a car, like watching us the entire time. Um, but then apparently someone complained to Ankeny. I assume someone with John Deere complained to Ankeny and the lights. When I was there, you press the like crosswalk button and it took like five to 10 minutes for it to change. And then it was only a 30 second cycle. So interesting. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. Cause like, I mean, you'd still were like, we're trying to have signs on both sides of the street. 
so that was good. But yeah, apparently, yeah, the people who were there said that they were a hundred percent convinced that there had been some sort of yeah, they noticed the fuckery difference. with the timing of the lights. Wow, that imagine is... that. I, I know, mean, I know. <laughs> imagine being the person who does that. <laughs> <laughs> and like are like a fucking nosy HOA Pinkerton like <laughs> uh, for new new listeners uh, this is not usually uh, that kind of show we don't ever <laughs> uh, please don't please don't turn this off uh. <laughs> you can you can bleep that <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry things are already going downhill over here <laughs> yeah, I, I assume it was just someone at John Deere was upset that it was taking people longer to get into the factory than than they would like. Okay, okay, you're right. You can believe that. You can. Well, I mean, uh, still, there's fuckery <laughs> by the city to to like yeah, accommodate that's what that. I'm saying. Yeah. A, mun- yeah. a municipal loser Pinkerton. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the most pathetic kind of strike break harassment ever. Like. Pinkertons used to get guns and like this is so yeah. sad. They used to fucking murder people. I mean like They used fucking, to like, murder people and I'm not saying they should murder shit. people. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like it's pretty fucking pathetic to not even like commit. Like you're gonna be like a loser strike baker monster, but you're gonna do it with traffic. Yeah. Passive <laughs> passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, ew. Nasty. <laughs> Yeah, we need some real aggression in the labor movement. <laughs> yeah, there used to be like, there are like wars <laughs> yeah. in West Virginia or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yes. I visited the, the Ottumwa uh, deer plant last weekend. This was right after they announced that they had made adjustments to the second tentative agreement, which deer was calling their last, best, and final offer or whatever. So... Myself, as not a member of this union, I feel like that was like, I don't know. I feel like calling something your last, best, and final offer is like cheating. It's illegal, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't really know how all of that negotiating stuff works. But like, if if the, the company is telling you like, oh, we can't give you anything else after this offer. Like, are you really going to take that at face value? No, it's a bluff, <laughs> obviously. <Yeah. laughs> like, I mean, but anyway, it was right after they they announced that they had made some changes to the second agreement, which had been voted down by a, a closer margin than that first one. Yeah, and from the guys there, they, were, they said that they were completely shocked that it got voted down the second uh, agreement. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think most of the guys that I talked to were were pretty much okay with that second agreement and they when they heard that the adjustments that had been made were to the KIP, the CIPP thing, which I still mm-hmm. don't have a full grasp on. <laughs> uh that they were, you know, pretty happy with what was on the table at that point. Yeah. Yeah, the KIP would be the performance pay and basically from what I heard there was that th- it was completely out of their control whether they would be able to beat the incentives to get the extra pay and like it was basically dependent on part suppliers Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that that whole thing uh it was also funny one of the guys there was talking about how on his last day of the the last day of work before the strike started that like he was a welder and he cleaned up his workspace 
to an insane degree where he like got rid of any notes that he had taken, any tools that he had brought himself. <laughs> That's amazing. He said that like they didn't have any blueprints for the stuff that he was doing. That basically, and like, that's what a lot of the guys there said was basically that like they just got trained by the person who was there before them, and that there wasn't a lot of documentation for a lot of the mm-hmm. things that they were doing. Yeah, and so they absolutely did everything they could to make it as hard as possible for any <laughs> potential scabs to come in and and take over. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's the best things have ever been. Like, the, it's the worst it's been, but also, like, labor is, like, the most empowered it's been in 40 years. It's so exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the first agreement, even just between the first and second agreement, and I don't know if all of the details came out on the one that actually got approved, but it's a pretty big difference. Yeah, they made some big gains by going on strike. Which a lot great. of big raises, like immediate 10% raise and then mm-hmm. like 5% raise in 2022 and 2024. And that was like, basically, I think before in the first agreement, it was basically like cost of living, like like raises that were baked in, like basically yeah. just inflation. Mm-hmm. I would have been interested to see like how far they could take it, but you know, it's not my business. It's not my life. So I'm, I'm glad that they're satisfied with where they're at now. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, like they've shown their muscle. It's not like in the future, if they get fucked over again, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it has ripple effects where like they'll know in negotiations in the future that. You know, it is exciting to see how far it'll go, but, like, as someone with a kid going into yeah, the holidays, yeah. you gotta have, I mean, you have to have toy money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah, understand completely, like, obviously, people need to put food on the table. Yeah, it would have um, sucked ass to strike all through the winter. Yeah, and that was a lot of things that people were talking about, too, about how it would be an example for other people, um, either already in unionized workplaces or in non-unionized workplaces but just that it would be a good example for like future negotiations and Mm -hmm. flexing labor muscle yeah one guy that that uh, i spoke to pointed out that so the last contract negotiations in 2015 the company actually like took some benefits away from the union and they didn't go on strike then but then for this one it was just that like they weren't adding enough to the worker benefits and they struck so it's Mm -hmm. clearly the mood has shifted over the past Mm -hmm. few years well and like the community support is so important in like building this momentum and it's like like an example of like look these people went on strike and they got gains and like the community supported it and like the way everyone came together and it's like I'm seeing, like, really cool stuff happening with labor that, like, entirely cuts through all the culture work garbage that's going on, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, a, a community supports each other in this. And, like, I don't – I was, like, shocked at, like – you know, I, I'm pretty cynical about people. And just, like, on everything that – like, all the discourse I saw about this, like, online – like, it's just been, like, really supportive, and it feels like it, it will help build momentum for other people, too. Yeah. Yeah. There were lots of honks and uh, thumbs up and stuff from people driving by in a tumwa also, including a big truck with a big Let's Go Brandon flag on it. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> it cuts across everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah work, work sucks. <laughs> it yeah. It unites us all. <laughs> 
And I did visit the uh, Atamwa Taco Johns since Chris told us that, <laughs> that they had they had supported the strikers. So. <laughs> As if you needed to be convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those Olays are pretty hard to resist. Here's something crazy, though. The the prices at the Atamwa Taco Johns are higher than they are here in Coralville. Damn. I guess probably due to, like, supply... The supply you know, chain. Transportation costs. Mm. I don't leave town very often. So, I <laughs> <laughs> so the big city, Justin, comparing the prices of taco, or not taco shops. <laughs> I was ranting to everyone in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you're putting up with this. <laughs> when will the injustices end? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Natalie, you mentioned, uh, you know, loser Pinkertons in the city. Uh, <laughs> I thought I would pull this example here from the Des Moines Register. This is an opinion piece that came out uh, the day that the union voted to ratify the latest uh, agreement. This is written by Jay Byers. Well, who is Jay Byers? Let's see. Jay Byers oh, is... Oh, I've pres- looked him up. <laughs> he, he's a goofy looking. He, he looks stupid as fuck. He's got a little <laughs> bit of a Dwight Schrute look. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Beat farmer, huh? <laughs> but it says here, Jay Byers is president and CEO of the Greater Des Moines Partnership. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the title of Jay Byers' opinion piece is, John Deere makes Des Moines and Iowa strong. Growing up, I spent a lot of time at my grandparents' farm in rural Cherokee County. One thing I noticed from a young age was that all of the tractors were green, as my grandpa was a loyal John Deere customer. He even had the opportunity to visit the factory in Waterloo, where his tractors were manufactured. In fact, our family still owns a 1958 Model 630 and a 1950 Model B, both of which still run. And a 1938 Model A that needs a little work. John Deere roots run deep in our family, as they do across our greater Des Moines, parentheses, DSM, region, (laughs) and the state of Iowa. (laughs) John Deere's recognizable slogan is, nothing runs like a deer. It is a good slogan. I'd love to meet uh, the person reading this who wasn't already aware of that slogan. (laughs) (laughs) This might as well just be like a Wikipedia article. (laughs) My grandpa found that to be true. Uh, the slogan, that is. And in my role at the Greater Des Moines Partnership, I have also found it equally true that John Deere is instrumental in helping make our region and state run. Our region has outpaced Midwest peers in terms of percentage of population growth, gross domestic product growth, and employment growth. Wow. <laughs> Everyone I mean... stop caring about growth. Fuck growth. <laughs> Okay. Seriously, just like take get people to take care of their families. Like, stop with the GDP. Who cares? Like, <laughs> but, but but he's also just literally saying that like Des Moines outpaced the rest of Iowa in terms of growth. It's like, mm, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it's where the people live. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a uh, population growth, GDP growth, and employment growth. Three things that I value deeply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, really care about the gross domestic product. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so he credits John Deere's operations with uh, contributing to that growth. John Deere is home to three operations in the Des Moines region. John Deere Des Moines Works, John Deere Financial, and John Deere Intelligent Solutions Group. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's that's starting stark. <laughs> John Deere Intelligent Solutions Group. So that's what, like a research office or something? Um, I do know that they like develop like software for like farms to use, I believe. Like I know a couple people who like went to school with for computer science who ended up working for John Deere. I don't know in what capacity, mm. but I know they do have some like software development stuff. They use computers on farms? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but but farms are outside. <laughs> <laughs> computers get damaged if they're outside. <laughs> you can't take them outside. Yeah. And then he's literally just listing statistics here, like the Des Moines Works operation employs more than 1,400 people and more numbers, etc. John Deere is heavily engaged in the economic and community development work of the partnership and a long list of other organizations in the DSM region. Deere also is a founding member of the initiative to brand our region and state as America's Cultivation Corridor. <laughs> Like they need to do anything on that front? Like An- another thing, thing I care for. about. Yeah. I care about GDP and branding. Yeah, main- <laughs> yeah. maintaining our brand. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they know about the corn and the soybeans. The corn part. <laughs> America's cultivation corridor is among the nation's foremost cluster-based economic development organizations. <laughs> <laughs> Aimed at producing the innovation, <laughs> science, and technology to feed the world. Cluster-based. Wow. <laughs> Cluster-based economic development organizations. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> there was a link there that goes to cultivationcorridor.org. So what is this? <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks like a cluster-based economic development whatever. Yeah. Nice cluster you got there. (laughs) We grow startups. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Uh, The John Deere Foundation also is engaged in helping provide equitable access to resources, such as food banks and educational opportunities. Oh, foundations. Equitable access. No. (laughs) That's a great, great turn of phrase there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, assisting farmers to boost their capacity and supporting a variety of other charitable efforts. Uh, I don't think assisting farmers to boost their capacity should be lumped in with uh, charitable efforts. <laughs> that is a profitable enterprise. Yeah, yeah. They make <laughs> a shit ton of money. Yeah. They make a lot of money. A lot of money from the government as well. Farming is a business, not a charity. <laughs> We are grateful to John Deere's continued support for our community, our state, and the agricultural industry. Nothing runs like a deer. What about an antelope? They run very similar to a deer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Many animals can run. (laughs) So this, like, is just kind of a waste of paper that they, they put out on Wednesday. Like, just some dork, like... Singing the praises of a big corporation. I mean, that was probably ghostwritten by some fucking John Deere executive, if we're being honest. Or, like, you know, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, it's basically just a fucking PR release. Yeah. Well, what do they think John Deere is? 
John Deere is the workers. They're the yep. one who make all this shit. What are you talking about? Like these, like, like the administrative losers are the ones who, like, what <laughs> yeah. are you talking? Like, yeah, the, the only mention of the workers was the paragraph talking about how many people the John Deere Corporation employs. Mm-hmm. Like the John Deere Corporation is nothing without the people who build stuff. I would go so far as to say that every company is simply a collection of all of the people who work for it. <laughs> but like, like you can't act like like a company is independent of the workers, and like somehow they can be this like force in the community without the workers. The workers yeah. are the company. Yeah, you are I mean, nothing. Who are, the, who are the people who are actually in the community who like live in houses in Des Moines? You know, <laughs> like the executives. Uh, you know, they're probably, I don't know, what, in mansions in the suburbs? They can't have foundations without the workers because they make all yeah. the money. They make the software. They make the um, tractors. They build things. Like, they are John Deere. Just infuriating to me. <laughs> yeah, so let's just put out this fluff piece on the day the strike ends. I don't even know what it means or what, what the point of that was. Uh, just more agriculture propaganda. Like yeah, propaganda. We aren't subjected to enough of it. Just some PR bullshit for the the register subscribed rubes, <laughs> <laughs> like myself. <laughs> oh yeah, right. oh yeah. <laughs> I have a register subscription now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did it out of spite, though. I did it out of spite because I needed to see how awful they were to literal queen and perfect person Indira. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the moral of the story is uh, striking. Gets the goods. That's what people say, right? Direct action gets the goods. Yes. Let's do more of that. Support every strike that happens. And there will be more. There's more strikes every day. Absolutely. I mean, there's yeah a bunch of shit going down right now. It's a good time for it. I was about to say except police union strikes, but you should support those too because it means they're not doing their they're not, they're not doing bad. Yeah, they're not doing worse <laughs> shit. Yeah. They're not yeah. doing bad shit. <laughs> You yeah. can go stand on the street corner. <laughs> okay, well, then we can pivot maybe to education and literature. Two uh, very intelligent and reasonable subjects for us to discuss on this <laughs> reasonable podcast for nice people to listen to. <laughs> I can't believe we're back on this, like, 1950s shit. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so stupid. <laughs> we're doing book banning like they're go gonna away. start banning books about china soon believe it <laughs> <laughs> or like anyone anything written by anyone who has any connection whatsoever to like china china or chinese government mm -hmm. it's coming yeah so we've talked about this a little bit you know the the battleground currently is the school boards uh there's psychopaths going to all the school board meetings and yelling about masks and critical race theory <laughs> and uh th i mean this is happening all over the country and that we we have not been spared the president of the iowa senate jake chapman in a meeting in johnston this thursday uh was talking about banning certain books from schools and i guess let's see i'm trying to skim this article here because it's pretty long <laughs> but uh th th these two books were were branded like obscene by certain parents in this school district, I guess. And those two books are The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas 
and The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexi. I'm not familiar with either of these books. I've read one of them. It's good. I've read the Part-Time Indian one. It's really good. Yeah, we were discussing this a little bit before we started recording. And uh, that book by Sherman Alexi, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, was published in 2007. So we think it's a little interesting that it's just now becoming the subject of uh, controversy. What's it about, Natalie, if you recall? I mean, it's just about, like, someone, like, living on a reservation, like, you know, kind of the, what it's like to be a a modern indigenous person. I think it has the F word in it. Oh, no. I think that's, I think (laughs) that's what the issue is. Yeah, I think so, which is, like absurd it's so funny like imagine like how much like your parents are ruining their kids lives like imagine being the kid at school who's like dad is like screaming about how you're like sad little like precious ears can't hear the f word like you're ruining your kid's life do you know how much (laughs) i would make fun of that person (laughs) 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 to be like what's up with your dad <laughs> yeah, uh, I I remember at that age, like books were the things where they could like write whatever they wanted because it's just words, you know. Yeah. Like TV was censored, music. Well, music was kind of censored, but barely. You know, books, books. That was the real <laughs> shit. You could, <laughs> you yeah, could basically write write porn in those. <laughs> yeah. What's the, I mean? What's the target audience for these books? Like preteens to teenagers, or what? Yeah. Like, I mean, Well, the come hate on. you give, I know, like, I mean, lots of adults read that, too. I've heard that's fantastic. But Isn't there, like, a movie or something also? I don't know. I think so. But I've, he- I've heard it's just incredible. Yeah. Well, there is, there is like, one uh, common theme between these two books, as far as I can tell. You know, I'm not familiar with either of them, but... It, they push critical race theory. Yeah, books they are. About I was going to say, I don't know theory. if it's really about the F word, because I definitely read <laughs> some F words in, in books in my day. Uh, yeah, when I was a kid. Neither of these authors are white people. I think that's it's the main It's propaganda issue. for critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. They're sneaking it into our schools. Mm-hmm. Well, but here, this is how it's being framed by people like uh, State Senator Jake Chapman. The president of the Iowa Senate said this week... Oh, sorry. The president of the Iowa Senate said this week said that teachers mm-hmm. and other school employees who give obscene material to students should be criminally prosecuted. <laughs> oh, come <laughs> on, dude. Adding that he was drafting legislation that would make it a felony to do so. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what kind of shit these kids are seeing on the internet? And, like, so young. And, like, you need to balance it with people being able to, like, read books and be introduced to topics in like in a like appropriate way and being able yeah. to explore like these kinds of things without just like hardcore awful stuff you see online like books are like a wonderful place to like ease kids into god i just fucking hate these people <laughs> you're going to hear and see horrible things in your life and it would be nice to be able to contextualize that with like uh, an adult that you trust <laughs> And you know obscenity laws are definitely going to do the job here. That's what I was uh, say, there's like, definitely <laughs> this definitely isn't a fucking stupid pipe dream by a bunch of fucking insincere hucksters. Yeah, obscenity law uh super specific and not like just yeah. a judgment call every single time. <laughs> yeah, not like there's like an incredibly high bar for <laughs> obscene content by legal definition. Yeah. 
would obscene material include like my eighth grade teacher just saying the n-word with impunity <laughs> while discussing slavery uh, oh <laughs> is that obscene material no way. to jake chapman <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting back against critical race theory that's perfect yeah we watched roots in that class is that allowed yeah. <laughs> in a standing room only meeting Thursday night in Johnston, Senator Jake Chapman used a public meeting over two nationally controversial books to ramp up his recent rhetoric on the topic, saying, I don't know why the school thinks that they're above the law, but I intend to do something about it. <laughs> oh my God. What law? <laughs> what are you talking about? This is crazy. I mean, maybe they did pass a law. I know that the the state legislature has been going buck wild this year. They all have worms. <laughs> These people sound like they don't even believe in free speech. <laughs> <laughs> They're all infected with worms. <laughs> Something's going wrong. <laughs> Chapman's comments, as well as his posts this week on social media. See, that, there we go again. Posts are always getting people in trouble prompted a backlash from several organizations, including Dallas County Democrats, who criticized him for threatening teachers and called him too radical. <laughs> Damn, oh, Dallas County Democrats spitting fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the problem. <laughs> Senator Jake Chapman is too radical. <laughs> we basically agree with him, but he's just taking it a little bit too far. We uh, also think certain books should yeah, be banned. This from is high the schools. subtext for anything Iowa Democrats do ever. Is like, first off, we agree. Second off, you're taking it too far. You're taking it too far. And also, have you noticed you're maybe being a little bit hypocritical? Methinks, oh perhaps. Owned. Why don't people just release release statements that they're like, "This is stupid." Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So stupid. I was. This guy is a fucking like- moron, and there's zero <laughs> legal justification for any of the things that he's saying. And but he's a fucking did. moron. Come on. <laughs> you, you don't have to like respond on your own terms. You can just yeah. release a statement that's like, "LOL, isn't this fucking stupid?" <laughs> yeah, this guy's a racist dumbass. <laughs> 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 like you don't have to be like discuss the subject matter like you like once you're engaging about like what's obscene what's not obscene yeah. like you're you've already lost you just need to release a statement that was like oh my god look at what a fucking idiot this is get a load of him <laughs> <laughs> fact, <laughs> fact checker brain <laughs> fact checker brain fact check he's a lunatic oh this <laughs> Next is interesting question uh most of the people who spoke at that meeting supported keeping the books in question in the district's curriculum. <laughs> so he's not even like speaking for the will of his constituents. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so dumb. It like like lost the governor's race. <laughs> like in uh Virginia. West, Virginia. Was it West Virginia? Virginia. No, Virginia. no, no, it was Virginia. Yeah. Virginia. Real Virginia. Real Virginia. Proper Virginia. They do get a little more specific about what law he thinks is being violated here. Okay, what is it? What is it? <laughs> Lay it on us. Yeah, I would like to hear this. Chapman contends, and others dispute, that books <laughs> given to students in several central Iowa districts violate Iowa Code Chapter 728 regarding obscenity. There is a link here. Let's see. Oh. Uh, 
it's sort of legalese, you know, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need a lawyer on we need a if, <laughs> we need a pro bono lawyer to help us understand <laughs> this uh bullshit. Um <laughs> Yeah, so th- this is a law about giving obscene uh material to to minors. Um So hardcore pornography it's, yeah it's basically uh, about, like a child um, porn law no, yeah <laughs> yeah here here they define obscene material this way uh is any material depicting or describing the genitals sex acts masturbation excretory functions or sadomasochistic abuse which the average person taking the material as a whole and applying contemporary community standards with respect to what is suitable for suitable material for minors would find appeals to the prurient interest prurient interest (laughs) and is patently offensive and the material taken as a whole lacks serious literary scientific political or artistic value so basically a bar tight taped to the ceiling like how the fuck are you gonna <laughs> like yeah. didn't they just say that all of the or the constituents the contemporary community <laughs> or whatever yeah, yeah. said that they don't have any fucking problem with it yeah most of the well, people at the meeting said these are fine well, <laughs> sounds like uh case closed here yeah. folks <laughs> yeah the average person has consented so i think okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is like most people are fucking normal and we just have to, like, spend mm-hmm. all our time, like, dealing with these fucking frothing psychopaths. And, like, most yeah. people are just regular. <laughs> like, and yeah. they're just, like, we understand that you read books about black people and we support it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, just yeah. regular people. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, this is... This piece of Iowa code is very specifically about, like, sexual Sex, obscenity. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine those books are, like very explicit in that regard right (laughs) seems like they're mostly about race yeah even if there was like sex scenes in those books like i don't think (laughs) that it would still meet the standard for obscenity like there's sex scenes in books that i read when i was a kid i mean come on yeah yeah i read uh i i checked out the shining from the washington high school library when i was 15 and there's a scene in that where uh, the main character's wife uh, jacks him off in a bathtub using, like, a loofah. And that's pretty obscene, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and it's it's very obscene. <laughs> uh, do you want to know how they define a sex act in this piece of the Iowa Code? <laughs> yeah, I guess. No, okay. but okay. <laughs> uh, sex act means any sexual contact, actual or simulated, either natural or deviate (laughs) between two or more persons or between a person and an animal by penetration of the penis into the vagina or anus or by contact between the mouth or tongue and genitalia or anus or by contact between a finger of one person and the genitalia of another person, or by use of artificial sexual organs, or substitutes, <laughs> therefore, in contact with the genitalia or anus. Okay, lawyers enjoy this shit way too much. They <laughs> love, oh love minutia too much, and it's, it's sick. <laughs> We gotta That's make sure, deranged. Yeah, gotta make sure we cover all of our bases here when we're defining sex act in the Iowa Code of Law. <laughs> People know what that means. You're sick, sickos. <laughs> uh, they've also got definitions for uh, person. 
How is a person defined? (laughs) Okay, uh, this is the last one I'll read. A person means individual, corporation, limited liability company, government, (laughs) or governmental subdivision or agency, business trust, estate, trust, partnership, or association, or any other legal entity. Yeah, you know, people. That's an extremely broad definition of person. I'm getting finger banged by an LLC. Uh. (laughs) All right, well, real quick, let me just read about some other freaks that are mentioned in this article. Uh, Urbandale parent Dennis Murphy. Yeah, this guy. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one you were talking about the other day. Has similarly requested a review of two books. Hey Kiddo and Lawn Boy in his district. He said he wants the books pulled from library shelves in all districts. School districts need to amend their policies to ensure that they've got a much better vetting process before they put content into classrooms and libraries, he said. And I, I, Natalie, you looked into those books a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, at least like the Hey Kiddo book is like really, really beautiful. It's a graphic novel about like a boy growing up with like addiction and living with his grandparents because his um, mom's an addict and about that experience. And it looks like it just looks like really, really beautiful, which like to the credit of the author, I looked him up on Twitter and he was posting this like, LOL. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He knows how to respond. <laughs> yeah. He knows how to respond. He was posting it and was like, this is great for me to be honest. <laughs> but it's like, It seems like it was just like really beautiful and I was reading the reviews and there was nothing, none of these freaks were on there saying anything. It was all people being like, like this really helps my students be less alone or like I bought this for my friend's kid who's struggling. Like just like Mm -hmm. really, really beautiful stuff. Like, like there are all these things like, you know, people dying of fentanyl at insane rates and, like, all this suffering. And, like, we can't even give kids, like, a creative outlet to feel less alone and, like, to, like, read stories that reflect themselves. And, like, there's, like, just so much abject American suffering and you want to, like, take away one of the, like, positive outlets to feel less alone and to process your feelings, which is, like, graphic novels or books. Like, you want to strip that from children? Like, it's just, like, absolutely pathetic. And, like, so you want to make your kid a big dark loser who isn't allowed to read the F word? Fine. But, like, (laughs) you're going to make all kids big dark losers who can't read the F word? Like, and his kid was a junior, and he found it in his kid's car. Oh, my and God. If, you're, if your kid has a car, then your kid can read the F word. Oh, my God. This is a 17-year-old kid. Yeah. I just, remember, I just remember looking up the word fuck in the dictionary when I was seven years old. So you better get yeah. those unabridged dictionaries out of the kids' libraries, too. Yeah. Uh, remember, <laughs> are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Oh, yeah. They were trying to ban oh, that yeah. shit too. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, not recently, but like, it just reminds me of it. Like, which is like totally fucking innocuous, and like, like you said, basically like another like, oh yeah, like kids are experiencing these things themselves, yeah. and it might be <laughs> useful if they like had a you know something that they could like compare to or whatever. Right, a pretty yeah, safe like way a, to like understand. Yeah, safe. Yeah. positive like you know like good adult influence to like guide them through this stuff like because i remember like 
I don't know, like, I was a, I read Judy Bloom, and, like, I was a girl trying to, like, grow up in the beginning ages of, like, hardcore porn online, and, like, Mm -hmm. I was seeing stuff and, like, struggling to process it, and, like, books were always such an outlet for me that, like, you know, helped me experience the world better, because otherwise I was, like, barraged with, like, Cosmopolitan magazine and, like, Mm -hmm. just, like, ads and Kate Moss and just, like, it's, like, you know, it was, it's always been such a positive. I love Judy Bloom, And like, I think it's so important for kids to be able to process like, you know, like sex and addiction and divorce and like everything they're experiencing in through books. Like kids have a right to like access their own reading material. Like I strongly feel that kids have a right to go to the library and check out things without them being screened because they mm-hmm. like, it's a positive place that they can explore topics and decide what they want to like. I don't know. It just feels like it's an infringing on their fucking human rights to like tell them yeah. what they can and can't read. Yeah. Yeah. Judy Bloom is great. Uh, she Judy is, Bloom is great. She's why I understand women so well. Yeah. I was going to say, that's how I learned about like periods and stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and one more uh freak for the list uh i believe this is uh this happened at the ankeny school board meeting parent emily peterson read a passage from all boys aren't blue to the school board that described two adults engaging in a sex act oh. and so this this is how she is thinking about this what i just read to you is grooming material it's sexualizing our kids it's normalizing pedophilia and it needs to stop <laughs> And if you recall, uh, she read a passage describing two adults engaging in a sex act. Mm. But that is normalizing pedophilia, in her opinion. Real psycho shit. (laughs) And, like, also, like, part of the obscenity laws is, like, you know, you're allowed to have this stuff if it has artistic value. And, like, how can you argue that any of these things don't have artistic value? Yeah. Or, like... So, like, it's, like, without context or anything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, my favorite book of all time is Beloved. And, like, there is, like, brutal stuff in there, but, like, it is, like, the highest form of art. Like, like obscenity laws, like, they, it isn't just, like, what's in it. It's also, like, do, is this a, a work of art? And it is. Like. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's about the purpose, I guess, also. Yeah. It's a refusal to engage in reality, which is um, pretty emblematic of the conservative movement it's like i don't know all this culture war shit is just like people are like you're delusional no you're delusional (laughs) it's so boring yeah it's very stupid but i do not care about culture war shit i hate when it's there i do not care i think you're a, a loser if you care about the books that kids read and I just like it's just like so stupid. Yeah, the the parents are obviously the problem, not the fucking kids. Like the kids will be able to fucking deal with this shit like a hundred times better than the parents will. Oh yeah, it's just parents who can't stand the fact that they like their kids are autonomous people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get the kids' perspectives on this. Do they do they like the books? Like, why don't they like interview <laughs> kids in these articles? They should. Like yeah. honestly. Yeah, I, I just kind of skimmed this one, but I I don't think they quoted any any children, which would be nice. Actually, you know what they did? Let me let me just give a little credit here. Uh, Waverly Zhao, a junior at Johnson High School and a facilitator for the Community of Racial Equity Club, said Uh-oh. the books help students understand the oppression endured by others. So I, I will read this quote from her here. This is Waverly Zhao, a 
child who is much smarter than the parents who are quoted <laughs> in this article. <laughs> Removal of these books and those of similar subject matter on the basis of profane language and racism and other issues is extremely hypocritical as novels that are considered classics like To Kill a Mockingbird and The Great Gatsby also include similar profane language and racial slurs, she said. And I imagine most uh, high school age students either agree or don't give a shit at all. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the latter. <laughs> but once they grow up a little bit, well, they won't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Deranged. Sickos. Sicko shit. Boring. Big thumbs down to Senator Jake Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I credited the uh, reporters there. That was written by Chris Higgins and Sarah K. LeBlanc at the Des Moines Register. Thank you for that important reporting. From us, another important news source. <laughs> <laughs> Rock Hard Caucus. A nice commentary podcast about current events in Iowa. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I have one more thing I would like to cover before we wrap up today. And this is a follow-up to two episodes ago when Stella and I attended the Mike Pence speech on campus at the University of Iowa. It's a follow-up to that, and it's also uh, another article written by a college student. So in a way, it's a successor to the Let's Go Brandon article. Except it's Iowa, not Iowa State. So I have mm -hmm. high expectations for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so this is written by Ali Pronina. I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Ali. Um, but this is her piece about the protesters that were outside of the Pence speech, which Stella and I commented on briefly because uh, some of those protesters were our friends. <laughs> but Allie has a, a different view on the protests that were happening. The headline of her opinion piece is, UI students' protest of Pence was not constructive. The protests were disrespectful and did nothing to facilitate debate. Oh, okay. Oh, I hate debate. <laughs> what do these people think the point of a protest is exactly? <laughs> I don't want to facilitate debate with these people. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's what we can get into as we discuss this article is like, what actually is the purpose of a demonstration like this? And is Ali maybe misunderstanding or is she yeah. simply like not in agreement with the you know yeah their opposition they're opposed to each other's uh you know purposes here are there any examples of protests that you know she might have a different opinion about <laughs> uh right at the top of this there's a photo of one of the protesters uh holding a sign that says let me zoom in here it says fuck pence Dang, yeah. and this is a college newspaper? They gotta fucking take that shit out. Come on. Jake, <laughs> Chapman. Jake, Jake Chapman, get on this shit. <laughs> My 20-year-old son might read the word fuck in the newspaper. <laughs> I found this newspaper in my son's dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the New York Times doesn't even like censor that shit anymore, I don't think. My 35-year-old yeah, no. might be exposed <laughs> <laughs> I'm exposed to the New York Times. <laughs> my my adult nephew is taking a class, <laughs> taking a community college class, and he's he saw an article of, about like Dave Chappelle's comedy special. <laughs> my adult nephew. <laughs> it's a homophobic slur, and I he's not ready to read things like that. 
Okay, so these are the words of Ali Pronina, opinions columnist at the Daily Iowan. University of Iowa students missed out on an opportunity to have an open civil debate by showing disrespect towards someone for disagreeing with them. Some students' response to former Vice President Mike Pence coming to talk at the Iowa Memorial Union on November 1st was combative and not constructive. I do want to note here that uh, Pence gave his speech on november 1st but this piece was not published until november 17th so this is over two weeks later i'm not sure why (laughs) they waited so long to put this out (laughs) too busy processing their outrage (laughs) (laughs) she really had to perfect what she was saying unpack unpacking yeah yeah they were too busy doing self-care to uh (laughs) to write the article Instead of disrespecting the former vice president, the UI community should have used this opportunity to have a civil and respectful debate. I don't like any of those things. (laughs) I don't want to be any of those things. Like framing it as like, oh, it's a simple disagreement between the former vice president and a bunch of like his subjects. And, like, the idea that you should debate someone who, like, believes that in conversion therapy, like, yeah. that that inherently grants credence to, like, evil ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's, there's no power imbalance here or anything at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His subjects. <laughs> and, and somebody who has already reached the level of power of the vice president of the United States is really, like open-minded and going to change his views on anything at that point for real (laughs) as previously reported by the daily iowan protesters blocked the stairs as attendees left the building which forced many down the ramp protesters also stood outside the imu with signs which read sexist racist and homophobic politicians not welcome I, I believe we mentioned on the episode that being forced down the ramp is a very mild inconvenience. <laughs> 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 However, this is what Allie thinks of it. First of all, it's extremely childish to block stairs and force people down a ramp just because they want to listen to a speech of a politician you dislike. Second, while I respect the right of the protesters to freedom of speech and to hold up these signs, they do, do not you? actually do anything to initiate any change. Uh, what are you supposed to do to the former vice president this is not a normal country (laughs) like other countries politicians are scared to go outside and here we're like how dare you not engage in civil debate with the like please execute gay people guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and also uh mike pence did not take the front entrance to the iowa memorial yeah for real (laughs) he didn't see these people (laughs) he's not even aware that they were there (laughs) the signs probably did not change the minds of anybody at the event and they certainly didn't change pence's well yes for the reasons that i just gave you Instead, liberal UI students could have had a conversation with the students and Pence about specific laws and policies he enacted that they thought were discriminatory. You think he was open to having a conversation like that? (laughs) Yeah, come on. Understand the time and place here. Like, what do you, again, like, what does she think a protest is? (laughs) On behalf of, you know, some of those protesters, I would also like to say that they, 
I don't think they would take kindly to being referred to as liberal UI students. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Pence would probably be more willing to listen to and consider the point of view of someone who is civil than someone who is holding up a sign with the, quote, F-bomb, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to listen to you. Why do all these people, like, deranged into think that, like, powerful people will listen to you? Yeah. Well, and there's an example, too. But uh, before I get to that, I want to just point out, like, the the photo at the top of this article says fuck pence completely uncensored but yeah. in the article she says f bomb so i'm wondering if that was like one of the daily iowan editors just trying to mess with her yeah <laughs> i love that i hope so <laughs> attendees had opportunities to ask pence questions during the speech one this is something that stella and i talked about One student respectfully asked Pence why he supported former President Ronald Reagan in his speech, giving specific reasons why they did not like Reagan. So, again, this was a a student who asked a question about mostly like Reagan's uh, really horrible foreign policy in the 80s. And why why is Pence like so worshipful of Ronald Reagan, given that he was a piece of shit? And yes, it was presented very respectfully, much like our entire podcast. (laughs) And it says here, Pence respectfully responded and gave his reasons for supporting Reagan. I would like to disagree with that a little bit. (laughs) As we covered in that episode, Pence's response to that, to that student asking that question was, well, I would like to take you to the library and present you with some different facts. (laughs) Alternative facts. That's not respectful. (laughs) I don't think it's particularly respectful to just say, oh, you're fucking delusional. Everything you think about Ronald Reagan is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just because he's not using the words that I just use, like, you're a fucking idiot, you're stupid, doesn't mean that that's not the intent behind his response. He's using, you know, polite language to say, you know, you are a communist and I want you to die. You know, that's... The banality of evil. To really get to the point of it, yeah, that's that's what it is. Like we're engaged in a, a battle to the death and <laughs> and I'm winning. But uh after witnessing that interaction, Ali says, This is how politics should work. There needs to be civil and respectful discussion instead of name calling and signs with the F bomb. This is how there politics needs to be should more. work. If you've, like, never read a history book in your entire fucking life and you've just lived, like, a super sheltered existence. I, like, I use civility to obtain my human rights from people who think that um, I should die. With my (laughs) civility, I, (laughs) like... Yeah. The way politics should work is one person, one, like, you know, 19 or 20-year-old who has no power at all, uh, speaking into a microphone to a guy who was like the second most powerful person in the world eight months ago. Sorry, uh, ten months ago. And both of them just sort of like agree to disagree and nothing matters and nothing changes. That's how politics should work. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think most Democrats would agree with that as well. <laughs> While protesters did have freedom of speech to do what they did, Pence had the freedom of speech to come talk at the IMU. <laughs> Doesn't a politician who takes time out of a busy schedule to come talk to college students deserve to be to respected and welcomed, regardless no. of what party she or he is from? He's not busy. <laughs> like, 
this is a speaking tour he's on like yeah yeah this is his schedule <laughs> it's like a coincidence it's also at a college <laughs> basically like i i assume that he's not speaking at a lot of other colleges unless they're like liberty university <laughs> yeah well i think this is like a, a college tour know. actually it's oh, it's okay. uh sponsored by the young americans for freedom uh, which is like okay. a college republicans thing i see but yeah, I, I think he's getting paid for these appearances, right. I would imagine. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's not going there to engage the people who disagree with him. He's trying to fucking boost these fucking shithead young Republicans. Yeah, yeah. The whole speech was about how like college campuses are, are like yeah. toxic and evil environments for yeah. conservatives because they're not allowed to speak their minds. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> an anti-wokeness speech. It was insane. <laughs> this is so stupid. I could not help comparing what happens when a Republican comes to Iowa City versus what happened when Bernie Sanders came to my hometown of Pella, Iowa for the 4th of July parade in summer 2019. Oh, I saw Bernie that day, too. 4th of July, summer 2019. Oh, I did, too. Yeah, we were in a parade with Bernie that day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was fun. Despite being more right-wing than Iowa City, my hometown again, that was Pella, treated the liberal senator with respect. I don't think he would like to be called a liberal senator. (laughs) (laughs) I think that he would be nice about it, but... (laughs) While I disagree politically with Sanders, I would never think about being as rude to him as the protesters were to Pence. Okay, well, that's you, Allie. I think... You know, remember when, like, a Nazi flag was flown at a Bernie rally? Yeah, for real. (laughs) It's not like this shit hasn't happened to him. (laughs) That got memory hold real quick. (laughs) Uh, Plenty of people waved at him and took pictures, including my family. (laughs) That's because Bernie Sanders is, like, a pleasant man who, like, attracts everyone. (laughs) He's He's the most popular senator. Like, people like him. That's the difference. No one likes Mike Pence. What are you talking about? He's not nearly as detestable as Mike Pence. Everyone hates Mike Pence, and everyone hates college Republicans. That's <laughs> There is no one who likes anyone in the college Republicans. Yeah. Well, this is how she ends it. Conservative speakers have as much freedom of speech and deserve as much respect as liberal ones. No, they don't. Um, <laughs> you got to give respect to earn respect. <laughs> the respect economy. <laughs> You're not entitled to respect. As just because come on man that's true i mean freedom of speech is is kind of codified in this country's laws but respect is not <laughs> yeah that's not in the bill of rights actually respect those liberal students that protested pence need to learn to have civil discussions instead of protesting anyone with a dissenting opinion you need Again, to learn to read ali <laughs> not the time or place <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I can, I don't know, I can kind of sympathize with the the part of this article where she's saying, this protest isn't really doing anything. Like, what's the point? And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not going to really change any of these attendees' minds. But I think, you know, if it makes them uncomfortable for, you know, two minutes as they are entering and exiting a Mike Pence speech, you know, it's accomplished something. That's a victory. Make them feel a little bit bad. You know, don't just let this happen without any kind of opposition. Yeah. If anything, it's it's an emotional outlet for mm-hmm. people who obviously have legitimate gripes with this country and the administration that Mike Pence represented. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like those people are there because they have so little power. 
Mm-hmm. Like, you go and protest stuff like that as a, like, way to, like, be with other people and, like, feel a sense of catharsis because you're so powerless. Exactly. But she thinks that, like, you know, there there isn't a power differential here when that's the entire reason why you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do that stuff, too, all the time. And it's just because I want to hang out with people that make me not want to die. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like, you know, get a feeling of, like, okay, you're seeing this, too, right? Like, this is mm-hmm. fucking right. crazy. Solidarity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, you, you're a college student. You see that this shithead is coming to speak. You know, totally supported by the school that you are attending. Because it was on campus. It was in the Memorial Union. Like, Mike Pence is giving a speech at a school facility. <laughs> Your school is supporting this happening. And that makes you feel like shit. And there's a handful of people outside the building who are also angry about it. And you can just hang out with them for a little bit and not, and not feels be good. alone in how shitty it makes you feel. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, it's valuable because you might meet someone and then you mm-hmm, follow mm-hmm. them on Twitter and then <laughs> no i'm i'm dead serious and then like yeah. something else comes up and you see it on there i mean that's what happens to me it's like i go to yeah. this stuff and maybe it doesn't accomplish things at the time but it's like oh like what's your handle and you get on there and then all of a sudden they're posting like we're taking donations for this place so you bring them stuff and then it's like valuable mm-hmm. it builds connections yeah yeah all of the protest stuff that happens in iowa city helps people to meet each other and like make more connections for more organizing in the future. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't the uh, University of Iowa have a debate club that uh, Allie could join? And uh, <laughs> She cares about debates so Yeah, much. keep this yeah. debate shit walled off. <laughs> yeah. We don't want anything to do with this. That's not real life. Keep that in its own little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make us have to see it. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Don't do that in public. <laughs> People can see you. <laughs> and I do want to reiterate, I do applaud that young man who confronted Mike Pence about his love of Ronald Reagan. Like that that was a pretty ballsy thing to do to get up there and like say that stuff directly to him. But it was just as effective as standing outside and being obscene. Like it, it made no impact on yeah. Mike Pence or any of his supporters. It's, like, extremely great to be, like, talking about Ronald Reagan as much as you can, though, because so much of this is his fault, and we don't talk about that <laughs> enough. Yeah, so. tr- try to kind of, like, break that, like, never-ending consensus that he was the greatest. Yeah. Just yeah. Dis- dissent from that very loudly. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Pence had a HIV fucking scandal as well. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep, these are bad guys, and you should... Talk about them rudely, <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> okay, well, I know that we've got uh, we've got some time constraints today, so I think it's time for us to wrap up the show for today. It's a pretty nice show, I think. Yeah, we were very nice to all of the subjects we've discussed today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was nice as podcast. Yeah, <laughs> especially the union guys. <laughs> <laughs> if this was your first time listening, uh, this is you know this is kind of the way the show is most of the time. We we discuss recent events here in the state of Iowa and we talk about them respectfully and uh, you know never say any bad words or make any threats or anything like that. Uh, go back and check out the rest of our catalog if you 
just found out about our show because of the thing that's happening soon after we release the show, which I think will lead to more attention being given to the show. <laughs> I can't say anything else about what's happening. Well, we'll have to find out, I guess. We'll find out sometime in the future what you're talking about. We do about. Mm-hmm. also have a Patreon. So if you like this, um, patreon.com slash caucus. You yeah. can give us a buck, and we give you lots of content that is um, even more mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you like the free episodes, there's a bunch of episodes that you can pay a little bit of money to hear as well. And there's lots of them with Natalie. So if you liked her in particular, you can hear way more of her on there. It's <laughs> too much. Too much of me. <laughs> way too much all right well thank you evan thank you natalie this has been a nice time with both of you my nice friends (laughs) (laughs) likewise (laughs) (laughs) okay see you later peace bye Go!